symphony orchestra in case you hear some piano in the background my daughters are practicing some piano so i hope you enjoy their piano playing while some we record this podcast who else yeah yeah some some background some nice uh you know some some mood music um so who's joining me on the pod today dre how you doing buddy i'm doing very well um keeping very busy during this uh, self-isolation period um doing all my movie stuff, you know how it goes, and once in a while, I get my basketball fix, not by actual games, but by you guys. And speaking of you guys, we got another guy over here, Jason, how's it going? What's up, man? Yeah, it's kind of crazy how how busy we can still be, even during, like, quarantine, and like you like you all say, like, it's, it's good to be busy, but also sometimes you just need a break and talk with my boys about basketball, and... God damn, there's a lot to talk about, Jay. Let's let's get started, brother. What do we have on on the docket? We got quite a bit, um, and you know, from the NBA themselves, there's been a little bit more chatter going on lately. The last time we had our episode, we weren't quite sure where the league was heading. Everyone was kind of on on in a holding pattern and and waiting for the next uh, round of news, both coronavirus related and then the trickle down effect. Is what would that mean for? Uh, social distancing and and running tests and having everyone return to basketball. Well, we got a few of those answers uh, this mm-hmm. week, um, and you know there's been discussions around you know the the players' interest in returning, where that's going to be played, uh, what does uh, it look like for a, a season to resume if it does resume this year, all that kind of talk has started. Um, so. I, let, let's jump right into it, right? Yeah, like, man. Jason, do you want you want to get us started here? Sure thing. So a couple of days ago, I'm not going to disclose when we're recording this, but just a few days ago, uh, Adam Silver actually had a conference call with the NBA PA, uh, NBPA, and on that call there was a number of subjects that, that that were talked about, which include, and obviously not limited to, that they finally gave a timetable of when they are going to decide. So again, it's it's not you know. Uh, a yes or no answer right now but it's when will they give a return date and that decision will be made possibly in the next two to four weeks which is kind of cool because in this this last month we've been like kind of on hiatus saying you know what's what's going on and now they kind of gave us a timetable so in the next two to four weeks we will see what decision will be made upon the season other news would also include um if the nba does indeed return there will be most likely there won't be any fans, which, you know, we kind of all uh, understood and, and saw that coming. It will possibly be a destination, either two or two possible destinations right now would be the Walt Disney Resorts or the Las Vegas Strips. And it's going to be like a dorm room atmosphere, which is, I guess, kind of cool. I, I don't know. Um, there will be obviously a significant impact on financially to the NBA. 
Uh, when it comes to next season, they're thinking about, you know, looking for a Christmas start to the 2021 season. Um, there's going to be like, there's so much more. There's uh, there possibly a three to six week ramp up period prior to this season starting. So a whole mixed bag of things that Adam Silver was talking about to these players. But it's nice to know that, you know, things are moving forward. Uh, I've, you know, been on record saying that I honestly think that it's sh- it to the you know betterment of everybody's health that it it's a good idea to postpone the season further and possibly cancel the season uh, again i'm not being an advocate of saying we should cancel the season or else no i'm thinking that just for the health and safety of it because you know uh, they even started talking about like what happened like, at least the players asked the number one question is what happens if a player or personnel were tested positive during the season and does that mean like would they shut down again or uh are they just going to go in quarantine? And it's it's still a multiple of questions that we have to ask, but it's nice to know that these questions are being asked to to the higher up. So let's let's talk about it. What do you guys think uh, about you know anything that was talked about during during that period of time with Silver and the MBPA? Well, something I find interesting about the Disney World discussion is that. Right now, because it's empty, and I've been to Disney World uh, many times, uh, especially growing up, it's one of my favorite places that my family and I would visit. Uh, my dad, who used to coach uh, Ontario League uh, a soccer team, um, used to go. You know, there was a there was a year where he went there, so I got a, a good taste of what the sporting atmosphere was like. In Disney World, it's huge. It's all of these courts, all of these fields, all of these buildings for players to stay. However, while that's fantastic, and right now it's seen as a haven, if I'm not mistaken, and I just looked this up again, so something has to change. The idea of this right now is this is a haven, right? Nobody's here, no patrons, nothing of the sort. Disney World is slated to reopen on the 20th of may Is it so really? to me personally yes like that's me what personally, the, the mayor of florida said uh that was the announcement not too long ago because a lot of people were reacting to the disney world in shanghai opening and they were like what is this and it's like don't worry we've got this all figured out this one is slated to open yes uh may 20th this article came out may 12th so yesterday so how is this wise Sure, they could isolate the sporting area, but the idea of this being an empty lot, an empty park, and the park is huge. The park is the size of a city. I don't know if you've, either of you have ever been. Oh, yeah. It's the size of oh, a yeah, city. It it's freaking yeah. huge. It's got a mall. It's got many malls, actually. It's got, like, 50 different hotels, I think. Like, it's it's ginormous. And, um, you know, that fully empty is one thing. But to have like the parks and stuff open, which I think is a bad idea, because like we only let in so many so many guests. But then, what about all the people waiting to get in? As if everyone's going to be responsible and not show up the first day. Give me a break. So with all of this hysteria happening, is this still a good idea? I don't know. I think that the Disney World thing is is needs to be clarified, and and it's all we're hearing in reports is just Disney World, but that doesn't necessarily mean that all of Disney World is going to be used. Like, I think the portions True. that you were mentioning, Dre, probably obviously would be because of the courts and the accommodations and whatnot. 
But, yeah. you know, let's say, for example, I don't know, let's say Magic Kingdom or Epcot Center would probably still be open. Um, and that's not where the players are playing anyway. So I think that there is probably a uh, an, an area that is kind of, quote unquote, bubbled off uh, for for players and, and staff and league officials. It's still a so little dodgy, it's, though. It is, absolutely, right? And, and the other reason why I think Florida was chosen is because that's the most relaxed, uh, I guess you could say, um, in terms of returning to uh normalcy, i guess yeah some or form lift, of normalcy. lifting like the restrictions and everything yeah absolutely they're the first ones right and um you know i think it's it's one of the only states where where they've deemed uh wrestling as a as an essential service there's all kinds right. of things happening out of florida so oh, yeah, we talk, real? We about that. it is real that's real it is real i mean not, not wrestling the, the essential service <laughs> like, if we, know, we know wrestling's not real <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, so yeah, so I mean, there's, there's, that's obviously what the the big selling point for for Disney World. Las Las Vegas is interesting um, because it's, um, I can see how that could work too, but but back to the original point here, what we're really trying to address here is is it safe enough to go back? And I think that whether the the league returned in July or whether the league returns sometime in 2021, we are not going to feel secure about it like all of us here on this pod we're eventually gonna have to go start going back to offices probably and when that point comes there is going to be this sense of is it too early is there's going to be a lot of hesitation is everyone safe is the coast clear absolutely is the coast clear perfectly said so that's the case here with the nba and i think that they're trying to jump the gun a bit and say you know what yes we were we think that the coast could possibly be clear by July. Um, the general perception is, I, at least from what I'm seeing on, on in social media, is that no, it's not. Mm-hmm. We're not at that point yet. But it does sound like the players, at least, are are inching towards being on board to making this happen. And um, right, apparently I, that they doesn't had, sit well with me. There had there was like a group chat or like a group call featuring like the best and brightest of the nba including cp3 lebron ad durant Giannis, Kawhi, curry lillard westbrook all these people united to kind of come together and talk about the resumption of the 2019-2020 season so okay as a fan like I said, we're all of us are fans. We're not part of the NBA. We're not part of the Players Association, but we're we're fans, and we want the season to come back. But honestly, at what cost, right? Like the coronavirus doesn't care if you're LeBron, if you're AD, or if you're my next door neighbor. It doesn't give a crap. So I can understand the need to go back to work, obviously, and uh, the want to it, but. If it's not a doctor or a scientist involved in making these decisions, then I don't trust it, right? Like, it, I, I know that obviously Silver is is the one of the you know the NBA is one of the top leading, I guess, uh, uh, businesses to be the forefront of like saying like this is not safe. This like they were the ones who stopped it all, and then everyone else kind of followed suit. So I wouldn't be surprised if the NBA once the NBA says okay, we're good to go, everything else is going to follow suit as well, but. If it's if we're coming to a point where, because one of the biggest question was like I, like I said before, if a player or a personnel gets tested positive, what happens during the season? And their response was they wouldn't try they wouldn't shut down anymore 
or they would at least try not to. Instead, they would put the said patient into quarantine. And now that also begs more questions. Like, what happens if it's more than just one player or personnel? What happens if it's multiple players? What happens if it's like during the playoffs and your biggest player isn't in the or can't be has to be quarantined in a pivotal pivotal moment? And and of course, like what happens if does this mean that you're going to be testing teams every single day? Is this going to affect the numbers of tests for other people like the first um, uh, first responders or the frontline workers? Like, what does that all mean when somebody gets positive? Positive, because right now it's not clear. It's not uh, a okay. The this again, scientists aren't saying this is okay, and we're not going to be going back to quote unquote normal until we get the all clear by a doctor or by a scientist and we're not getting that yet so yeah i I think it's a little still jumping the gun a little bit two to four weeks um well to at least to make the decision but i don't know it's it's a it's a little it's a little uh scary still yep um especially because look up here knock on wood the curve is finally starting to change a little bit that doesn't mean that the coast is clear or we could just jump out and everything's fine. That means slight positive change is happening. In the States, too many things are opening fully. Like in Ontario, we have a three-wave system, I believe, and we're going to start to implement wave one. So uh, there's, it's still, as you said, it's still too early. Look, when this whole thing first started, I was one of the people saying, I, I think the most even on this pod, I want this to stay, I want this to stay. I have a feeling it could stay. They're going to figure this out. At this point, it's like, I don't even think if it should. I mean, like, league-wise, it's probably fine. But, you know, health-wise, is it worth it? And at this point, so many pundits are already calling this the asterisk season, which I think is kind of stupid, uh, to be honest. If they continue and whoever wins, like, why does that matter? It's, It's something we couldn't prevent. Like, but, you know, if that's the ideology already... Should it even continue? Like, I don't know. What? How much do you think is motivated by um, the the players wanting to finish off what they've started? Like, for example, if this happened in, let's say, the second week of October, or sorry, November, mm. where only 10 games have been played, do you think that the, the players would be more willing to say, you know what, not much has happened. We haven't really, quote unquote, invested too much into this season. Let's just go ahead and cancel it. But this is where it gets tricky because that's, motivation so maybe they wouldn't be motivated however they would lose more money because that's how many games not being played and that's that great point because that would be my next question which is how much of this do you think is motivated by money because the league stands to lose a lot of money players are already starting to lose money and again money is not that should not be the top priority it should absolutely be health but i can't help but wonder how much of it is you know these guys don't want to lose money and also they all want to finish what they started, right? When it's really not even just it's the them, top. it's the economy. You're right. Yeah. And then and then going back to your example about Disney World and it it reopening is you're exposing a lot more people to an area where there's going to be a lot of there there isn't gonna be any social dis- distancing once the games start, right? Hell In no. this hypothetical bubble, right? So uh yeah, it, a whole slew of questions are, are have opened up because of the these meetings and i think that one thing that we need to clarify is that yes a decision will be made in the next two to four weeks and i think that that's necessary because you'll need uh, i believe it was four weeks for training camp 
and another certain number of weeks to get things started again. So like it's then then you're looking at okay if if we can't quote like resume until July or or August, is it really worth it? When you have to start considering about the following season, right? Um, I think Brian Windhorst uh, of ESPN mentioned uh, the other day that uh, they're 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 willing to go as far out as Labor Day, is what he's hearing, and wow. that see that to me seems a bit too far because well, then what are you doing here? You're you're That's ending like it when off. That's the season starts again, technically. Exactly, exactly. So the his think his his intel was saying okay going all the way out to Labor Day weekend, it possibly running into October and then starting the next season almost odd, like right away immediately. That that doesn't seem accurate to me, you know? Like no disrespect, this sounds like a husband who screwed up with his wife doing everything in his power to save a failing marriage. Like it just doesn't seem worth it at this point. And like what are you going to do with the social distancing? You can't social distance on a court. What are you going to do? Have 6 feet apart? The the Suns would rocket to the top of the league, and so would the the Warriors would finally be in playoff contention because nobody's going to be able to guard Steph and stuff because they're six feet away from him and the perimeter is open. So what are they yeah. going to do? Like it just doesn't make any sense. You can't play normally, and if you do, it's a health risk. I, it's, like it's, it just doesn't seem wise. It's kind of funny that you bring up like the Suns because like let's if you're considering what happens with like the free agents and the signings and the, and the teams that aren't in playoff consideration. Like of course. You know the Lakers fans, Bucks fans, Clippers fans, and Raptors fans. We're all in this playoff because we all have a chance to uh, to possibly win a chip. But but you know, talk about the teams that aren't in playoff contention. Like it's it's almost like they're delaying it with like a little bit of false hope, and and they want to kind of start talking about free agents what to do because like a lot of these teams aren't playing for this year anymore they're playing for what happens with the free agents and who's going to land where so like it it's like right now everything is on pause and if you're not going to cancel it then when are you going to start and if you are going to cancel it then do it soon so these these teams can kind of go ahead with their plans already because then then you're just kind of delaying 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 it yeah no it makes sense and um you know it's it's an unenviable position for Adam Silver to be in. I think he, regardless of how this plays out, it's a lose-lose situation for him, right? Oh, um, yeah. He's either going to lose a ton of money or he's going to lose a ton of fans who, who, who and players probably. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely not, not a position I would want to be in um, if I were Adam not, Silver. Not at all, man. Not at all. And, and uh, But again, like if... If it were anybody else, like I'm glad that it's it's silver in the NBA to make this decision, um, because I feel like um, they they already like didn't want to do any tests for just NBA players. Like they like uh, the the amount of decision making for the betterment of not only the players but also the fans. Uh, the NBA is stepping up, so that's why like as as long as silver is at the helm of this and and the NBA, I'm I'm here for it. It's just like. When I hear things like you know group texts and group calls by NBA players, again, the the virus doesn't care who you are. You know, it all has to be about the safety of the people and the fans and the and the players. So, yeah, it's it's a lot to unfold, man. But if there's anything else you guys want to hit upon before we move on, no, just just one other point, and that that is, um, you know, a point that that Woj tweeted out in and was mentioned in his article about the call is that you know whether the 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 games return soon or later the issue of 
coronavirus is very well still going to be prevalent. And what what we mean by that is that um, the situation with 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 what we're currently in, where we're all at home and trying to social distance, is probably going to happen all over again in the fall when people start going back to work and then the social distancing is gone and then there will be that second wave and possibly a third wave of coronavirus going around. So it's it's not a, a pleasant outlook anyway. So I guess what the thinking is, is that, well, if we have to start playing games in an environment where coronavirus is present, might as well just do it now because at least we'll get a head start on how to tackle this and get used to testing and get used to playing under these conditions. Again, I'm not saying whether or not I agree or disagree with that thinking. It's the reality of it is that mm -hmm. we are currently only in wave one of coronavirus. Yeah. So um, who's to say how bad or, or maybe it won't be as bad when the second wave hits. Yeah. A, a positive to get, get out of this is um, they are starting to open up practice facilities and that includes the OVO Center in Toronto. Um, but there is a lot of uh, restrictions that go along with it which which is like you have to schedule a time where you're going to work out uh, and if only one one player can only have one coach at a time so they're still very far away from um, you know full practices and even just like player player shoot arounds like it's it there's it, there's still a lot to deal with but they're taking steps forward and the practice facility is one and one really good positive to get out of this like you can see that they are starting to move forward with any decision that they're about to make yeah and speaking of positive that uplifting piano ballad right behind you i think is um it's <laughs> yeah. very appropriate for uh for the for the tone of that message so uh perfect timing uh, as a cinephile i appreciate i'll relay it. the message i'll relay the message to my daughter <laughs> but uh yeah, shall, shall we move on on this uh, this uh, light note? Yeah, sure thing, man. <laughs> All right, so uh, in our, I'm going to take a little bit of a break, and uh, we'll we'll come back to the Raptors because again, this is a Raptors podcast uh, by fans for fans, and let's talk about some what if scenarios that you know, what if it happened or what if it didn't happen. We'll come back and we'll talk about that after the break. Talk to you guys soon. ivories and play those chords like this young girl then you gotta get this product <laughs> <laughs> or service i, I don't know what uh, yeah. we're promoting <laughs> yeah. so you need a podcast to play the piano okay okay sure <laughs> yeah it's all about that that uh, total hearing what you, what you hear and how you <laughs> perceive <fair>. it <laughs> Uh, as if you there's tell, ever an episode I needed to get my girls to listen to our podcast, it's this one. They're like, yeah. hey, look, you made the podcast. None of us have sworn yet, right? No, no. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're good. So. We're good. <laughs> but as you can tell, we have uh, Jay's kids serenading us with piano, and I'm here for it. But for this, <laughs> for this uh, final segment of this episode, we're going to go through our favorite, I guess, 
I don't know if it's called favorite, but miss, yeah, I don't the, know if favorite's the, the right word. Yeah, I, I maybe the the one that kind of comes to mind the most for us, uh, the biggest Raptors what ifs. Um, and I know that you fans who are listening, I know that you guys have a lot, and you already have one right now. And I know, I know you do. So if you, if you, you know, if you want to tell us about it, you know, message us on on or just slide into our DMs on Facebook or not Facebook on Twitter or Instagram. But for now, let's go through our favorite what ifs. And chronologically speaking, I think Dre, Dre, yours probably happened, and it'd be our a first, right? I, I believe so. Um, All right, so let's hear. So, what is your uh, most interesting what if for as a Toronto Raptor fan? Well, my initial uh, thought process was uh, related to Vince Carter because I think that's the biggest one a lot of people talk about. What if he never left? What if he never wanted to leave? What if he right. pretended that dunks weren't important? What if Babcock didn't shoot him away? What if Babcock built a team around him? But then we decided that's way too many things to discuss and that could be safe for another episode. So... Yeah. I had a different what if, and it all boils down to one simple trade. What or not trade? Uh, you know, not not a resigning. Let's say, what if in 2010 we didn't lose Chris Bosh and we had a team where Demar Derozan was starting to flourish, mm-hmm. and what would that look like if we didn't lose Chris Bosh to South Beach and the Miami Heat, which would ended up being four times in the finals, two-time champion with uh, Chris Bosh and, and company. Not exclusively because of Chris Bosh, but I mean, those rebounds were necessary. Right. And what would we be able to win a chip with Chris Bosh staying in Toronto? Um, so That's, there's a few things to look about. The team yeah. at the time, the league at the time. So let's get into it. I Okay, so uh, without even looking at our roster or anything like that, I honestly think that it, it was as much as like, like I, Chris Bosh is one of the best Raptors of all time. Like he he's not maybe not like top three or even top five, but he's in that category. But I honestly don't think that at his repertoire and who we had around him, and, and I'm sure we're gonna look through it right now. But I don't know if we would have ever gotten a chip. I think the biggest part would would have Chris Bosh as a mentor to Demar Derozan. I think that would have been amazing. But as someone who would lead the team uh, as the top scorer to win a championship, I don't think I don't see that happening. I honestly don't. I think his move to South Beach was incredible for him because mm-hmm. for like having to obviously to play with LeBron and to play with Dwayne, but to be that number three option is so good for him because he's he's lethal. He's that you know that power forward, like Jay said before, that that Chris Webber that kind of changes the the game for everybody. To have him start shooting at three away uh, for you know, and then you know uh, making way for Ray Allen to shoot threes and making way for Dwayne Wade to keep it keep the lane open. It was perfect for him. So I never thought it was a good idea for Bosch to stay. I think the only thing would be the DeRozan mentor. But even if we didn't win a championship, could this have helped with the Andrea Bargnani situation a little bit better? Because let's say now Bargnani isn't one of the faces of the franchise. Because let's let's look at who we had. Okay. We had Jose Calderon, who's nothing to sneeze at either. Um, you know, obviously we had DeRozan, who was green at the time, but was coming into his own partially because he was forced to become the new face of the franchise. Because again, Bargnani wasn't wasn't really showing up. I mean, he was doing decently, but he never reached quite the apex that we wanted him to to reach. So what if the team was able to lean towards more of a Bosch than a Bargnani? Could we have traded him sooner? Could he have 
popped out of a shell trying to to meet these expectations could it have at least helped us in what are some of our worst years that we ever had even if we don't win a chip which we yeah, probably wouldn't have because also have at least helped. i think yeah no go ahead yeah Jim. no what's interesting is that like the that you know with with bosch around kind of mentor derozan um i think that would have helped i think also that you know derozan was probably forced into this number one role a little bit too early in his career so that's what i'm thinking um, yeah, yeah. So it, it could have benefited him that way, but you know, the another factor is then would he have become the 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 elite scorer that he is now had he not had those you know being thrown into the fire situations after after Bosch had left, right? It, it's hard mm-hmm. to say. Um, I'd like to think that he still would have probably reached where he's at now, um, even if Bosch was around to kind of um, help out in those first few years. Uh, but it's hard to say. I, you know, and I also think that there, there are other smaller trades that happened after this that probably don't happen. Um, after, like, if Bosch sticks around, maybe, and this is very random, but like looking at the transactions that they made surrounding that, um, after Bosch was traded four days later, Hido Turkoglu was traded for Barbosa, and maybe we still have. Her. He don't know, and actually, no, we don't have Tito Turco. We definitely no, don't. Please, please don't. Don't have him <laughs> Please don't. Let's not. Let's not go do that rabbit hole, man. But when it uh, came to Bosch, the Raptors, though, he... the Raptors sign, the Raptors sign <laughs> Linus Claza. They trade away Marco Bellinelli. There's a couple of things there that happened. Yeah. That, well, like you know, it'd be interesting to see if that those you know other trades would have ha- not happened had had he stuck around. Don't I forget think the worst part about about Bosch's <laughs> leaving is one that he didn't do a sign in trade because we could have gotten something out of it uh, right. and, and two he also never played an actual la- like his last game uh i know the it was against the bulls versus when he was a raptor but he never played because he was injured right i think i'm looking that up remember. right now yeah but that, you're you're right yeah. about bosch at least because the big thing the big stink at the time everybody was calling it the big three and bosch was a part of that big three so clearly he was coveted yeah it, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's it's not true. like he I, wasn't and he just blossomed on the heat. No, this guy was this guy was was big money. He was clearly a part of a draft class and a part of the conversation of that draft class, which is arguably one of the best in history. You know, and Carmel yeah. Anthony, uh, Dwayne Wade, obviously LeBron, him. Um, let, lest we forget the number two pick, haha. Um, but you know, point is. <laughs> The guy was clearly coveted, so we could have gotten something. We yes. could have gotten something big for 100%, 100%, him, 100%. but we didn't. Yeah, Bosch, Bosch missed the last five games of the season. I believe he got injured in his last game. He only played two minutes. So, yeah, it's not, not the greatest send-off for him. I mean, it, it kind of reminds me of DeRozan, right? The last time we saw DeRozan in the Raptor uniform, he was ejected. <laughs> so Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for life, no. <laughs> 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 but yeah, that's a that's a good what if, man. I mean, what if uh, Bosch never went to South Beach? What if he stayed as a Raptor, be a mentor for the for the rap or for DeRozan? You know what? What if you know, you never know, man. That's a that's a good one. Um, you guys want to move on? Let's let's go. Well, Bosch clearly did. So yeah, let's <laughs> move on. <laughs> nice, nice. Okay, so fans, let us know about that Chris Bosch. What if? What do you think would have happened if he stayed a Raptor? My what if. Is happened in 2012. Um, then GM Brian Colangelo, he was trying to swing for the fences to sign the one and only Steve Nash, Captain Canada. He was 38 at the time, so he was on his way out Damn. already. 
Um, there were three teams that Nash was actually considering playing for, and it was Toronto, New York, and Los Angeles. And Colangelo even signed Landry Fields from the Knicks uh, with a three-year, $18 million contract, so the Knicks couldn't use Landry Field as a trade asset to sign Nash. Um, they even, like, the Raptors even prepared, like, a presentation package uh, that included Wayne Gretzky to persuade Nash to sign with the Raptors. <laughs> that doesn't uh, even make any sense. Well, it does because of, like, the two Canadian icons, right? In one sport and the other sport. It's, it's more of him saying, hey, Nash... You know, I'm Wayne Gretzky, and you can be like the next Canadian icon um, for this sport. I think like, that's, <laughs> Canadian that's really idol. Cool. Like, I don't know. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, they were also going to offer. Uh, apparently, they, the numbers didn't really uh, was released, but apparently they were going to offer Nash three years, up to thirty six million dollars. So ultimately, Whoa. Nash' decision to sign with the Lakers um, because he wanted to go for a ring. Again, he was 38 years old. The Raptors yes. were not a contending uh, team for a championship anytime soon. They were planning to rebuild, build the foundation with Nash at the helm, but Nash wanted a ring uh, to play against, you know, R.I.P. Kobe. Um, but it's it's just funny because in the second game of that. 2012-2013 season, Nash suffered a fracture in his leg, which sidelined him for most of the season. And then when he returned, he was complaining about back pain, which, because of that left leg injury, ultimately being the cause of his retirement after 2014-2015. So, with all that being said, uh, when Colangelo heard about you know Nash going to LA, Colangelo automatically jumped a gun and he went another route trading Gary Forbes and a future first round pick to sign Kyle Lowry and we all know what happened there so yes. my biggest what if what if Steve Nash was a Raptor what if we never what if Lowry never became a Raptor what do you guys think but one of the problems is uh, and this is why I have a big problem with like you know time travel narratives and movies and the like if you were to send him here, would he have had his injury, for instance? So, like, if he had his injury, then, like, who cares? Because, you know, Kyle Lowry would have been the point guard anyway, or, like, you know, would have filled that position, and things probably would have stayed, and guess what? He wouldn't have won a chip. But if he didn't get injured, would that have taken away from Kyle Lowry? Because we have to play this guy, or at least have him coming off the bench a lot. It's Steve Nash. We got him for a reason. We spent all this money. So would that have actually been beneficial for us because on paper it seems like it is if this was um because when you brought up this hypothetical before we started recording i confused it with the early 2000s when there was a chance that the novitsky nash duo of of the mavericks going to be traded to us for i believe carter and mcgrady if not somebody else um that's a whole different story even if it was just nash alone that's nash in his prime before he went to the suns but now even if he wasn't injured would he have actually hurt the connection and chemistry that we ended up getting with DeRozan and Kyle Lowry. I don't know. I exactly. personally don't think it's the greatest idea, injured or uninjured. What do you think, Jay? I think that uh, the possibility of Nash not getting injured is actually, uh, it, it holds some weight because during that same offseason, the Raptors uh, hired Alex McKechnie. Ah, uh, there you go. Ooh. Who does wonderful? Obviously, we know his the, the glorious work he's done, mm -hmm. and he also has done. I don't know if it was before or after this, this time period, but he has had done. He's done work with Steve Nash, so there was a history there with Steve Nash. So, right. uh, the 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 thought of, of Nash being here and possibly not being injured 
probably you know it, yeah, it might have happened yeah it, it definitely makes some weight of it that's for sure i mean i'm looking back at the at the uh, roster that they had and, you know despite you know, taking out kyle Lowry, they still had jose they had damar Barnani was still there t ross uh, uh as a, i think it was a rookie amir johnson like it it was still really young um but I, I don't like I see Steve Nash as like at 38 at the time definitely not in his Phoenix prime anymore um, I, I it was I know that when that deal was being you know presented it wasn't more so of Steve Nash, like the excitement of Steve Nash being a player as a Raptor it was more so him just being a, a Raptor playing for a Canadian team the only Canadian team this was more of a publicity thing to me I think because it was just about yeah, you know getting yeah. sales of tickets. I mean, it's, it's kind of like uh, you know what happened with Jeremy Lin. That was definitely more of a publicity than more than, than a player aspect. And I think right. for, with Steve Nash, it was the same thing. Can, you know, Team Canada. He was, I think he was still he was possibly playing for Team Canada still before he was uh, going to be a GM for for Team Canada. And like it was a really big thing for the rap the Toronto organization. But as a player, I I don't think that would have. Now, coming to think of it, I don't think it would have been a good idea. It would have been like, what's his face? Um, Stojakovic, outside of the Canadian connection, where it's like, yeah, the guy was like amazing on the Kings and one of the greatest three-point shooters of all time and an amazing passer as well. Let's not forget that, that full court behind the back pass. Oh, yeah, that brilliant. was sweet. But, as, and I would argue he was at least decent with us. Was he enough to change our course of fate? I would argue not at all. Not, not and I think either. it'd be kind of the same, even though I would argue Steve Nash is a better player and a more efficient player as well. I don't know if it would have changed all that much. I think it would have just been like, I don't know, Gary Payton in his final years joining, what was it? It was the, the Heat? Like... Yeah, you know, yeah, at, Nash, at that point, yeah, you're, you're, right. not, you're not doing anything huge to to like change the team. You're you're a good mentor, perhaps, but that's about it. I think it it ends up prolonging the Raptors as this middle of the road team that you know occasionally hits the lottery, maybe has like a playoff appearance. Like it just keep, kind of keeps us at that level. And while the Raptors kind of stayed on that level. Um, there was at least some progression after Lowry and, and DeRozan started to take off, right? So, yeah, I think that uh, I agree with you guys. I don't think the Nash thing would have would have helped. It would have. I, I remember being at, at at the time being very much on board with it and like hoping and praying that the Raptors would get Nash. But in hindsight, it's like actually, yeah, he was in his late thirties. He was already past his prime, and mm-hmm. um, you know his his presence probably would have given us maybe only one year of of good basketball, if that. It's because he's a superstar, and, you know, even with Kawhi, we had him and then lost him. We had a glimpse of that, at least. But, like, you know, to me, it's like when we got Elijah on, it's like, on paper, if you don't know much about the situation, that's like, oh, my God, we had a Elijah on? And you see, like, all these things on Instagram where it's like, do you remember when MJ was a wizard? Do you remember when um, Patrick Ewing wasn't on the Knicks? Do you remember when Elijah was a Raptor? It's like, yes, I do. And nothing happened because the guy was well past his prime. So... You know, yeah. it looks interesting and it's a fun factoid, but for the actual legacy of, of the the franchise, it doesn't really matter all that much. I, let's just say that I would have also joined the Lakers if, if I could play with Kobe, uh, Powell, Dwight Howard, <laughs> Dwight at the time. Metal World Peace, and not the Raptors at that time. So, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I'm glad of how it, it shaped up, but that and would be my York. biggest what if. 
Yeah, and not New York, exactly. <laughs> All right, Shay, what about, your, what, what about your biggest what if, brother? Uh, my biggest what if is what if we didn't do this podcast with piano in the background? Mm. And it wouldn't be the same. It's come true. Yeah, <laughs> no, it, it wouldn't no. be the same. Bring but it's back. done. They're, I know they're done. They're done their lesson. So uh, to my Raptors related what if, uh, mine is the most recent. And that is simply what if the Kawhi trade did not occur? So uh, a couple of trickle down questions come from this. So this means then obviously that DeRozan is still on last year's team as well yeah. as Jake Puddle. Jacob Purtle, yes. <laughs> so a couple of thoughts that I've had, and you guys can chime in whenever you want. Um, first of all, the Raptors ended last season in second place, well behind, no, not well behind, a, a couple of games behind the, the Milwaukee Bucks, but seven games ahead of third place Philadelphia. My first thought is I don't think the Raptors lose, like, the, the drop-off from Kawhi to DeMar, at least in the regular season, isn't worth seven games. So my thinking is that the Raptors still finish second. Would you agree? Mm. Yep. Um, here's here's the thing. We still have DeRozan and we still have Pirtle. But before the trade happened, there's a very, very important factor to keep in mind, which also plays into how DeRozan himself would perform. We wouldn't have Dwayne Casey. Now, Dwayne Casey, I would argue, as good as he was for however long his tenure was, was also slightly detrimental. He would run the same plays. He would run with the same players. And I feel like a lot of that was partially the con side of of DeRozan, who would occasionally choke, who would, uh, you know, try and run the the same ideas, wouldn't be able to, to work with with change or adapt and to me it's like okay we would have nick nurse who nick nurse is as good as dwayne casey was i would argue at this point it's almost certain that nick nurse is better and uh whereas dwayne casey would have like a couple of mistakes a game and they'd be the same mistakes nick nurse would have a mistake maybe every five games which would be a major head scratcher like why would you call a timeout now or something but they wouldn't be as consistent and his pros definitely outweigh Casey's pros. However, with that in mind, is it just a question of a better coach? DeRozan right yeah. now is with the best coach, arguably, of all time, def- certainly of our time. He's with Popovich, and some of his his habits are still continuing. So would, I think, season ranking-wise, we would absolutely be around the same. But I think playoff-wise, we certainly wouldn't go as far as we did with with Kawhi and Danny Green, I think that goes without saying. Yeah, yeah, and I and I also think that when it comes to the Demar and Kawhi trade, we have to realize that there is so much more that went down when it came when it comes to the that season, the championship season. Like you already said, Dre, you know, Dwayne Casey was fired, and then Nick Nurse is, went on, and then also a lot of people tend to forget that we mid-season trade with Jonas and CJ and DeLon Wright for Marcus All. And so like that if That's my next point. Yeah. Yeah, right? So it depends on like what your 
what the whole Demar and Kawhi trade. You, in hindsight, obviously you're going to want Kawhi to to be on this team, and you'll do the trade more often, you know, ninety percent of the time. Or I would argue one hundred percent of the time. But but there's a lot more factors when it comes to the championship of it all. Like he, again, yeah. like he didn't play. Kawhi didn't play um, one third of the season, but we were still. Uh, doubted to be a championship favorite and so but the thing is before Kawhi was even a Raptor we were still a very good team you know so yeah there's a lot to it there's definitely a lot and this is a it's it's a it's another episode in itself yeah and and you 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 hit on my next point which was okay we I I think we are in agreement that the Raptors are going to be just as good um in the regular season and probably still finish with a second seed um, and that's not even to factor the other um, a trickle down effect of this, which is yeah, does does that mid treason mid season trade happen? And I would argue mid-treason. that mid treason. Sorry, that yeah, I know, right? It was a mistake, but it sadly kind of it's, relevant. Where it's like mid treason, created <laughs> a new word. Yeah, yeah, I think mid treason is what he felt when he got traded. Some okay, teams so, certainly had mid treason events. Yeah, so. definitely. So. I'm going to assume then that if the Raptors then, if we uh, if we all agree that they are still around about the second seed, they probably still do this trade then. They probably say, you know what, we we can get someone like Gasol to kind of push us over the top um, and help us out in the playoffs. Because it's just, if that trade doesn't happen, it's the exact same roster as the season before that flamed out to the Cavs. And yes, mm-hmm. LeBron's not there anymore, but you're coming up with the same uh, crew. Uh, so I would argue then that, okay, well, maybe this trade with Gasol does happen. So this means that, um, you know, Gasol's on the team. Now there's no more JV, no more DeLon Wright, no more CJ Miles. So if we continue down this road of, okay, well, how will the season play out? And the, the Raptors still finish second. And, you know, the, the Raptors, the way it's constructed without Kawhi, but with DeMar, I think is still good enough to get by the Magic. Mm-hmm. But the interesting yes. part is, do they get by the Sixers? And I think we probably, well, I will tell you that I think the answer is going to be no. However, if we look at how things match up, it might be a little closer than you would assume. Okay, so let's okay. run through the matchups. Explain. And I, actually, are, are, do you guys both think... close enough? <laughs> yeah, right? No, but how this? First of all, before I go into this, do you both agree then Raptors would finish second and yes, we would get by Orlando and yes, we would face Philadelphia? Yes. That's yes. Okay. Right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So the way the matchups would go in, um, my assumption then is because Nurse, as you pointed out, great coach, realizes where the defi- deficiencies are and where to fix it. I think he puts Gasol on Embiid from the get-go, as opposed to waiting later in the series. So that helps in terms okay. of somewhat neutralizing Embiid. We're also going to assume OG is still injured because. You know, you can't change someone losing their appendix. Like, <laughs> that's going to happen, right? Yeah. That's so a little OG bit different still than like a playing. freak ankle injury. Yeah, that's true. Exactly, right? Like, that just happened. I think that regardless of our what-if scenario, that still happens. So no OG. So we have Gasol still guarding Embiid, but maybe earlier in the series. Uh, Siakam switches. Instead of guarding Tobias Harris, he goes to guarding Ben Simmons. He's a bit more mobile. He takes over Kawhi in terms of the... the uh, the, the, the Simmons stopper or preventer, I guess you could say. Okay. Um, now, Tobias Harris goes from being guarded by Siakam to being guarded by DeRozan. Um, that's not that big of it is a, it is a drop-off defensively, but Harris is essentially a, a spot-up shooter in, in this format, right? In right. this role, his role right. with the Sixers. So it's not that bad. 
um, this was more the the Raptors had a spoil of riches in terms of defensive versatility. So it's like, okay, well, we'll just throw Siakam onto Harris. And really, Siakam is more than capable to to handle Simmons, right? Mm-hmm. So we got that. DeRozan's on Harris. Uh, in terms of replacing Danny Green, I'm thinking that we throw in Fred Van Vliet. Um, we're already seeing that this year. Um, he's already in the starting lineup. At this point, last year, he wasn't in the starting lineup yet. We saw that in the finals, of course. But yeah. We'll throw Fred Van Vliet in the starting lineup. Fred Van Vliet now has to run around and guard J.J. Redick instead of Lowry. And that now puts Lowry guarding Butler. Mm. So now the matchups aren't that, aren't as bad as I thought they would have been defensively. Um, yes, DeRozan is the, the, I guess, the weakest link in that starting lineup. And there still isn't any OG. And I, and I will say, I still think Philadelphia wins this. But I don't yes. think it's as... I don't think it'll be like a five-game thing. I think that the Raptors could possibly even push this to seven because Nurse is that good of a coach. That's interesting to think about. Um, but I think that the there's a there's an aura or like I, I guess like a, a feeling when you're when you're talking about Kawhi and Damar. And I'm not saying I'm not taking any credit to Demar. I think Demar is a fantastic player, and I also think that he could have guarded Tobias perfectly. Um, but when you have people like Embiid, Simmons, Butler, Redick, Tobias, I still think that team is amazing. And yes. you take away someone like Kawhi, who arguably you know got us out of that uh, series. Um, I think someone like Butler was going to cook Lowry, and yeah. and I also think that. Tobias probably would have been like Tobias is a much heavier player than Demar, and I think he probably would have bodied him a little bit better. Uh, and then, and when when it, I think Simmons is still going to struggle, like he was just kind of slated to the dunker spot in that series. So yeah, Pascal would have been fine. But I, I, honestly, I think the the catalyst would have been the the Butler on on Lowry. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think it would have been like five or six, and maybe it could have been to seven. Uh, but I, I st- honestly, when it, if you don't have Kawhi in there, I don't think we win that series. Yeah, honestly, you know, we all agreed that we would beat the Magic. Why? The Magic's still a pretty good team. They have some things to fix. But for me, it's about we we had Kawhi, which means we have a ruthless player that that stops at nothing, and that's kind of what the ticket here is. Would we have that without him with the team that we just discussed? Maybe not, but we're still a better team. However, you get to the 76ers. Embiid had off games. He clearly had off games. Let's, lest we forget, he sat on the bench at the end of, I think it was game four or five, and he just read the stat sheet. He clearly has off games. Lest we forget, Ben Simmons has off games. Lest we forget, Tobias Harris is inconsistent. J.J. Redick is, was pretty on fire that series, but he's not exactly the team leader. If we didn't have Kawhi... Who the hell is going to stop Jimmy Butler? We already struggled to stop Jimmy Butler. That guy is on his own planet. Mm-hmm. The guy he's an is all-time insane. raptor killer. And he, yeah. well, he's a raptor killer as well. But guess what? There are only two players who have, I believe, it's more steals than personal fouls, and and, and other similar stats like foul shots than personal fouls. That's Jimmy Butler and Kawhi Leonard. So. They're clearly both efficient. They clearly both work well in crunch time. I feel like Jimmy Butler doesn't have a championship ring right now because of the Derrick Rose injuries, because of the teams that he's been a part of, the chemistry problems. But I think the guys want a hell of a player who, you know, 
if the season were to resume, we could see maybe a side of like the playoff Jimmy Butler mm-hmm. as, a, as the sole team leader of the Heat. But we wouldn't have an answer to that. I, as much as I love DeMar DeRozan, he's not ruthless with ice in his veins the same way that Jimmy Butler is. The reason why the shot happened was because Jimmy Butler grabbed a steal and ran down the court and got a layup in the final seconds, yeah. which is freaking nuts, the fact that he pulled that off and didn't even give two single dams. Like, he, we don't have somebody like that on a team like this. We would have lost. I'm here's sorry. another thing. Here's another thing I, I think that would make a huge effect on it is the fact that, yes, Nick Nurse is, is an amazing coach, but he knows how to communicate to his team how to defend. What's the biggest... Um, knock on DeRozan is his defense. I don't think that Nurse would be able to coach the defense that that uh, he had in the playoffs with DeMar there outside uh, instead of Kawhi because yes. that camaraderie as a defensive unit is what helped you know win those games with DeMar there. I don't think Nurse's strategies would work as well as without Kawhi there, of course. But I, yeah, I, again, I, I, because of Demar's like defensive struggles, and and maybe it's out, uh, overblown a little bit. But his, you know, you can't match defense with Kawhi with defense of Demar. You know what I mean? Like I think that's He's a two-time really, yeah. defensive player of the year. There's as much as I like Demar, it's not even a contest. It's like comparing, I don't know, like Dwight Howard with somebody who doesn't defend. It's like it just doesn't work right. <laughs> like that's not the I same completely category. I completely agree with you guys that that you know comparing them one to one it's it's not even a question it's just more if DeRozan had some time to work in nurse's system maybe his defensive deficiencies aren't as pronounced because maybe the defensive system that Casey had put in place weren't to his abilities at all but what that's about what Popovich's system which Popovich amazing coach as he is also works super defensively and fundamentally so i mean yeah, yeah is, he, right. is he thriving there and i'm not talking about their standing i'm talking about him look this isn't the best spurs team we all know that but is damar himself particularly thriving i would say in ways he is in ways he's taking steps back i mean isn't he being limited with his three-point range and everything like that but defensively how is he doing I don't actually quite know the answer to this. I don't know if you if you guys do either. I, I have I've had limited exposure with DeRozan on the Spurs, but from the little I've seen, I think he's being, you know, we're not quite getting the results that maybe the the Spurs were hoping for. Yeah, nope. Yeah, I would. No, uh, I agree. That's a, that's an interesting uh, conversation that <laughs> that I think everybody has had before when it comes to that kind of what if. But let us know, guys. Uh, listeners, let us know what you think about my what if, Dre's what if, and of course Jay's what if. And let us know what uh, your biggest what if uh, as a Raptor fan is as well. You can find us on, on Instagram and Twitter. Let us know what you guys think. But that's it for today. That was a lot of, a lot of NBA hoops talk, and I love it. I'm so glad that we got to listen to some uh, classical Beethoven from uh, Jay's kids. I'm glad we got to talk about some MBPA and WhatsApp group chat and of course the Raptors what ifs but until next time Dre where can I find you brother you can find me on Twitter at Andreas Babs or at Films Fatale you can also follow my film editorial and review website Films Fatale F-I-L-M-S F-A-T-A-L-E dot com where I go over reviews of new and old films 
I uh, do lots of masterclass articles. I just did an article on the fundamentals of film editing. So you've got some educational stuff there too. Check it out. And I'm currently working on the top 100 films of the 1990s, which should drop early June if all things work out, which currently they are heading towards that way. Jay, nice. where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Rosalisaurus. Uh, you can find my kid, my children's Instagram page. At, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, you can find this podcast and my, and my writing over at Raptors HQ. Um, you know, if I don't know if we mentioned it at the top, but it is What If Week over on uh, SB Nation, which is why we ran with the What Ifs on this. Um, so there are some really good What If articles that are currently being posted on Raptors HQ. Uh, I urge you guys to check those out, such as what if the Kyle Lowry shot went in in game five and things of that nature. Um, I didn't write them, but I'm just saying you guys check it out. Um, and uh, I, the last article, I, I don't think I mentioned it in the last episode, but uh, I did publish the uh, top 25 or, or I guess 25 facts you didn't know about Raptors jerseys. If you haven't checked that out, I urge you to check that out. There's a couple of gems in there that I wasn't even aware of. Actually, I would say most of those facts I did not know about before I posted them. So I, I urge you, go go in there, check it out. It's a good read. And uh, I've got a couple of other things on the docket. Nothing that I will share right now because it's a surprise. Jason, nice. over to you. Nice. And you can find all of us at That's Your Rap Pod on Twitter. Make sure to follow us on That's Your Rap Podcast on Instagram. You can email us at That's Your Rap Podcast at gmail.com. And you can also find us at our affiliate Raptors HQ on all your podcatchers. But until next time, everybody. That's a wrap.